Welcome to the podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse Tabernacle. You can find out more about our church at lighthouseofmaslin.com or join us for worship Sundays at 11. We pray this message will be a blessing to you. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. I'm going to read this in two different translations. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? What a question. But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ I'm read this again in the new international version just a portion of it when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples who do people say the son of man is they said some say thou say John the Baptist others say Elijah And still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you. We lift your hands and your voices with me one more time. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we magnify your mighty name. Lord, there's no one like you. There's no one like you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You may be seated. There has never been anyone like Jesus. Here we are in the year 2022. And whether they call it A.D. or B.C., it doesn't matter if they add in to C.E. or B.C.E., All of time is marked by before Jesus came and after Jesus came. In a secular society that hates everything to do with God, all the world pauses to celebrate the day that he was born. In the most secular, anti-religion, anti-Christ, 
atmospheres. You hear them singing around Christmas time. God bless ye merry gentlemen. Oh, away in a manger. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. There has never been anyone like Jesus. They argue about him. But the question Jesus asked his disciples 2,000 years ago, that simple question is more important today than at any other time in our lives. Who is Jesus to you? You see, politicians paint him any way that suits their fancy, just using him as a means to an end. Some today paint him as a radical social justice warrior. Some even try to paint him as a communist. Others say, oh, he was a great man. Yes, a great man, but just a man. People get confused over his identity. Some view him as a philosopher. The Muslims believe he was a great prophet of Islam. Jehovah's Witnesses believe he was actually Michael the archangel. People get some very strange ideas and try to make Jesus fit into their way of thinking. But regardless of whatever box this world tries to fit Jesus in today, the question still remains, who is Jesus to you? See, the Old Testament, he called himself the I Am or Yahweh. He described himself as He is described as a shield, a refuge, a hiding place, a fortress, a stronghold, a defense, and a rock. He is called the eternal one, the ancient of days, the mighty one. Crowds around Jesus called him many things, including son of David, master, teacher, rabbi, the lamb, the son of God, high priest, Messiah, Christ, the Nazarene, the carpenter's son, the carpenter, prophet, savior, king of the the Jews and king of Israel. He called himself the way, the truth, the life, alpha, omega, the beginning and the ending, the resurrection, the good shepherd and the son of man. The authors of the scripture called him the Logos, the stone, the rock, Shiloh, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the governor, day star, cornerstone, the comforter, the bread of life, our advocate, the Lord of lords, the king of kings, our mediator, our high priest, and the second Adam. All wonderful descriptions of a figure who has no equal and has no likeness. But none of these names or adjectives can answer the question that was posed to those men so long ago. Who is Jesus to you? All must answer that question. Even the 12 apostles. Jesus and the 12 are alone. You read this account recorded in three of the four Gospels. He's on his way from Caesarea. He's walking along the road. He stops to pray. You got to read all three to get the whole scene. When he's done praying, he gets the 12 together, his 12 closest friends, 
And he asked them a very simple question. A very simple question. Didn't seem hard. No trick answers. Who do men say that I am? The NIV records the question in the Gospel of Luke this way. Who did the crowd say that I am? And the 12 begin to answer. I heard someone say you're John the Baptist. Another one says, well, I heard some calling you Elijah. Still another speaks up and says, I've heard that they think you're Jeremiah. And they continue to list the names of the prophets people think Jesus may be. And the discussion goes on for a while as they list off all of the things that people are listing who they think Jesus is. You see, they had a lot to say when it came to who do others say that I am. They all had an answer when Jesus asked, what do other people have to say about me? But Jesus asked a follow-up question. What about you? Who do you say that I am? And everybody's quiet except for Peter. Peter, who's often too quick to speak and gets himself in trouble with his own talking. His boldness today is going to be a blessing to not only those men around the fire, but to everyone who would come after him. Because Peter, without hesitation, while the others are pondering it, Peter just blurts it out. You are the Christ. You're the Christ. You're Messiah. You are the Son of God. Jesus looks at Peter. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. You know what that means? Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. Jesus told him, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. What rock was Jesus talking about? Some denominations teach the rock Jesus was speaking of was Peter, but that is not so because Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 2 that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What rock was Jesus talking about then? The rock he was going to build his church upon was not a man. The rock he was going to build his church upon was the truth about who he was and who he is. He is the Messiah. He is the only God and he is the only Savior. He is the one Isaiah spoke of in Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He is the one the angel Gabriel said would be called God with us the one whose name was declared by the angel to be Jesus, which literally means Jehovah is salvation. 
And then the angel said, why? He's going to be called that. In Matthew 1, 21, it said, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. You see, Peter knew who Jesus was to him, and he was not afraid to declare it. You are the Messiah. You are the Savior. He knew who Jesus was in his life. The twelve are such a remarkable group. He only chose twelve out of all of history. Every man that would ever live, he only chose twelve of them. And one of the most unique is Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas because he questioned whether Jesus had risen from the dead or not. But just before that happened, he told the others, he said, let's go with him so at least we get to die with him. When everyone else was questioning what to do, he said, let's go, boys. Might as well die with him. He's unique in so many ways. He didn't speak up that night around the fire when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And his silence must have weighed on his heart and mind because after the resurrection, when Thomas had declared that he wouldn't believe until he saw the nail prints in his hands, and Jesus walks through the wall and holds out those scarred hands for Thomas to see, the very first thing Thomas said was the answer to that question a while back. He ran and dove at Jesus' feet and said, You are my Lord and my God. You are my Lord and you are my God. The very first thing that Thomas wanted Jesus to know after that empty tomb was, I know who you are to me. You are my Lord and you are my God. It took a cross and an empty tomb for Thomas to answer that question. But there in that moment when he saw Jesus, he could not help himself but declare who the master was. I think we are still asked that question by the Spirit of God today. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Some people think he's good. Some think he's love. Some think of him in an abstract way. Some think of him as a faraway God unconcerned with the actions that take place in our day-to-day lives. Some think of him as a genie that they can ask favors of in times of crisis. Some think of him as Santa Claus, just some big cosmic fluffball full of gooey love, wanting nothing more than to validate their own life choices. Some people think wild and crazy things without ever actually reading about him. Some people know what others have to say about him, what their friends and family think of Jesus. And they can say that they've heard that he can. They heard that he can save and set free. 
They heard that he can deliver. They've heard that he is God. They've heard that he's the only way. They've heard that he is the answer that they're looking for. But while they've heard of Jesus in this fashion, they've never experienced for themselves what Jesus can do. But just like that night so long ago when the answer of what others had to say about Jesus wasn't enough. Today, the answer of what others say and what others know of him is not enough because it doesn't matter what your mama or your daddy has to say who about who he is. It doesn't matter who your neighbors and your friends say he is. It doesn't matter who your spouse or your children say he is. What matters is who is Jesus to you. Some know him intellectually. They know what the Bible has to say about him. The Bible says he's a healer. The Bible calls him a savior. The Bible calls him a deliverer. The Bible calls him an ever-present help. The Bible calls him love. The Bible calls him hope. The Bible calls him our joy. And while they know what the Bible says he is, they've never personally known him in any of those ways. They've never experienced any of those things for themselves. And Jesus is more than something you read about in a book. Jesus is alive and he wants to be active in your life. Knowing what the Bible has to say about Jesus does not answer the question, who is he to you? The question Jesus asked of us It's not who does the book say that I am or who does your family say that I am. But the question posed to us is the same question posed to those 12 men so long ago. Who do you say that I am? And there's only one way to truly be able to answer that question and that is to come into contact with Jesus. There's only one way that you can really answer that question, and that's to be in touch with him yourself. To be able to say that I know he is a healer because he healed my body. I know he's a deliverer because he rescued me from my anxiety and depression. I know he's a way maker because I watched him make a way during situations in my life and family when there was no way of escape. I know Jesus is a savior because he saved me. Jesus is a personal God and he wants to know us and be known of us personally. Further, he wants to be described in the personal possessive tense. Jesus is my God. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Deliverer. Jesus is my salvation. Jesus is my hope. Jesus is my joy. It doesn't matter who he is to me. It doesn't matter who he is to your friends or your family. No, what matters is the answer to the question, who do you say that he is? Who is Jesus to you? Is he just a hobby? Or is he your God? Is he the subject of inspirational posts on social media? 
or is he the savior of your soul? Is he a glorified mascot of your social group? Or is he the center of your life? Do you know him by association with others who actually know him? Or has he ever intervened in your life? Do you know him by reputation or have you experienced him for yourself? Do you know him from an intellectual standpoint? Or is he alive and well within your heart? Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? You see, there were lots of people around Jesus. There were tens of thousands that followed him. The book of John talks about the miracles of the loaves and the fish. Talks about how he went one place and he multiplies it, the crowds fed, and they followed him. But they didn't follow him because he was their savior. He tell, the book tells us they followed him because they wanted more fish and bread. They thought, this guy gives out free lunch. And so Jesus multiplies it again. And he looks at the crowd. He said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. He said, well, tell us how to get bread from heaven. See, all they were looking for was someone to fill their bellies. They were looking for a short order cook, but they weren't looking for a savior. They were looking for someone to make them feel good, but they were not looking for God to step in and take over their life. And so Jesus tells them, except you, my, said, my body is the bread from heaven. And except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no place with me. They didn't like that. And so they get up and they walk away. And Jesus looks at the twelve. Said, you going too, boys? Meal's over. You leaving too, fellas? Peter said, where are we going to go? Where are we going? You've got the words of life. You've got the words of life. You see, Peter had something going for him so many other people didn't understand. Whether it was at the end of that meal or sitting around the fire when Jesus asked the question, Peter understood something. It didn't matter if Jesus was out on the water. It didn't matter if he was feeding the multitude or it was a prayer meeting alone. Jesus was his God. Jesus was his savior. Jesus was his life. Too many people are looking for a church to join or activities for their family. They're looking for all the wrong things. And sometimes they look in the right place for the wrong things. 
But Jesus isn't here to be your scout leader. Jesus isn't here to direct your social activities. Jesus isn't even here to make you feel good about yourself. Jesus is here to save your soul, to change your life, and to make sure you're written down in his book in heaven. He wants to be your God. Yes, he calls us friends. But you know how he calls his friends? He said, this is how they're going to know. You're my disciples. You love one another. He said, and if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. He wants to be our God. He wants to be our God. Does he want to be your friend? Yes. As, your, as, God, as him being your God can be your friend. But he doesn't want to be just your buddy. He wants to be your God who's also your friend. He wants to be your father who's also your God. Everything about it is so that he can step into your life and say, this is my son. This is my daughter. I have called them by my name. They're mine. And I'm yours. He wants to be ours so that we can be his. I want to be his. And I want to be able to say he's mine. Who is Jesus to you? On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached to the very ones the very ones who had screamed out, crucify, crucify. He preaches to them and shows them that Jesus was the Messiah. And when they see it, when it clicks who Jesus is, when they understand that they have killed the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When they understand who he is, they cry out, said their hearts were praying. They cry out, what do we do? Acts 2.37, men and brethren, what must we do? What do we have to do? Peter answered, repent. Repent. Why, why do you repent? Because you've been going the wrong way. You've not been letting him be God. You've been trying to let yourself be God. Do it your way or how you think it ought to be done. It's not always about horrible sins. Repentance literally means a turning around. I've been doing it my way. I've been going my, doing my own thing. I've been focused on what others say. But Lord, I'm going to do it your way now. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why does it matter about how you're baptized? Because when you go down in that water, you go down John Doe or Jane Doe. But when you come up out of that water, you come up John Doe Jesus. He literally puts his name on you and says, they are mine. They are mine. You know, when you know who Jesus is, when he becomes your God, you become his. Who is Jesus to you? You want to know if you know who Jesus is, are you his? 
And he said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. See, you may know a lot about Jesus. And you may have had some encounters with Jesus. But if you've never done anything other than repent, then you only know the Jesus on the cross. If you've only ever been baptized, you only know the Jesus on the cross and in the tomb. But if you want to really know him in all of his glory, you've got to know him as the resurrected Savior. That's why Paul wrote, we, are, we die with him on cru- in crucifixion. The old man, when we repent, is crucified with him. When we are baptized, we are buried with him. And when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, we rise with him in newness of life. If you want to really know him in all of his splendor in all of his power. You've got to obey Acts 2.38. You've got to obey Acts 2.38. But my mom didn't do that. My grandpa didn't do that. They were good people. It doesn't matter what they knew or didn't know, what they did or didn't do. The question is, will you do what Jesus said? The question is, do you want to know him in all of his glory, in all of his splendor? Do you want to know him in everything that he has to offer you? See, I don't want a relationship with Jesus that's based on someone else's relationship with Jesus. I want to have a relationship with him based on what he told me he wanted to have with me. Not what someone else told me I could or couldn't do, had or didn't have to do. I want to know him the way he wants to know me. He wants to be my God. He wants to be my God. You know what God gets to decide to do? Whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. See, it doesn't matter today who others say he is. The question is for you. Who is Jesus to you? Is he someone you know by association? Or do you know him by experience? Is it someone you like at a distance? Or is he God in your life? Who is Jesus to you? Stand with me across this place. And I want us to lift our hands and lift our voices. Jesus, we worship you. Come on, lift your voice with me. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. Oh, there's no one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you, Jesus.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, I think we ought to talk to him for another moment. Lord, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, there's no one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Who is Jesus to you? I want him every day. Every day to grow in the relationship that he is the God of my life. Every day surrendering more and more and more of myself to him. I want him to be my God so that I can be his son. Who is Jesus to you? Come on, lift your voice with me across the place. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, let's magnify that name together right now. We worship you. Jesus. Lord, I want you to be my God. Lord, I want you to be the captain of my soul. Lord, I want you directing my steps. Lord, I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Oh, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you. Lord, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Lord, I want to be able to say like Thomas, you are my Lord and you are my God. Lord, I love you.
love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I'm on this altar's open. Why don't one more time you surrender a little bit more of yourself to Him? Surrender until you can speak with boldness to everyone that you encounter. He is my Lord and He is my God. I know who He is. I know who He is. Come on, let's just keep lifting our voices to the Lord right now, Jesus. Jesus. Oh.